0: You are listening to Conversations with Chris Marshall, where I sit down and talk to top real estate investors and professionals who work with investors to find out how to become a top investor. If you are interested in becoming a top real estate investor, then be sure to subscribe to the show and to tune in to new episodes so we can level up and start or scale to success in real estate investing. hey welcome to episode number one of the top investor podcast uh thanks for being here thanks for tuning in this is gonna be awesome on the show today we have guest edwin d epperson the third uh this is a great episode super cool and edwin has a great story um we're gonna dive into his story as well as some really cool information around hard money and private money on today's show uh Edwin was a former Green Beret, and uh, he talks about how he got into Mm -hmm. real estate investing, specifically around note investing, helping people secure money for Mm -hmm. their real estate Mm -hmm. investments uh, while he was actually deployed overseas. Uh, It's a great story. I'm going to let him tell it. Uh, more, but definitely stick around. We're going to be talking about the difference between hard money lenders and private money lenders. Very important to know and understand the difference and why um, each one is important. So stick around for that. Um, and yeah, let's dive into the episode.
1: All right. So thanks for, for being on this RE educational call with me today. Um, we are going to attempt this again since the last recording did not Uh, Work very well, but that that's okay. So, uh, let's start off with going through a quick introduction of yourself.
2: Okay. Uh, Thanks, Chris, for having me on on uh, the educational call today, and looking forward to doing several more of these. Uh, For those of your uh, subscribers that are listening, uh, I have been in the private lending business since 2014. Um, I have made over the past eight years, almost eight years, I've made over. 100 loans, deployed over 20 million in capital, Uh, primarily in the state of Florida. I had ventured into other states, but I scaled that back and said, you know what? I'm really comfortable with Florida. So that's where I know the law and I know what I can do and cannot do as well as I know the property value. So uh, we only lend in the state of Florida. Our primary clientele is the fix and flip crowd, uh, bridge crowd. We also do loans for wholesalers that need transactional funding. So uh, that's a little bit of where my business is at.
1: That's awesome, great, yeah. And then uh, let's start by going through and kind of describing the differences between hard money and private money lenders.
2: Okay. So hard money and private money. This is a uh, term that gets thrown around in the industry. And for those of your subscribers who are not familiar or are uninitiated in the terminology, just be aware terms change like underwear in this industry. And people like to use other people's underwear to apply to themselves. So uh, speaking of terms, so it's a nice (laughs) metaphor. (laughs) What this, uh, what this translates to is back in the early 2000s, all the way up leading to 2008, uh, hard money lenders were called hard money lenders, and that's what they called themselves. And they were very proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, after the 2008 crash happened, a lot of the blame got laid at the feet of predatory lending. Well, when you start looking at bank loans and things like that, who has everybody automatically defaults to what's the highest rate? And they started looking at these hard money lenders that were charging, you know, 10, 12, 15, 18%. And they said, that's the reason uh, that we had a crash. Now, obviously, we know. Now that that's not what happened. It was actually the big banks that were manipulating the markets. But at the time, the hard money lenders started to scale back, calling themselves hard money lenders and started saying, well, we need to find something different to call ourselves. So they, over the years, over the past decade or so, they have transitioned from calling themselves hard money lenders to private lenders. Now I have a very strong, um, uh, visceral reaction when I hear a hard money lender saying that they are a private lender. Now it it really boils down to, okay, so what defines a hard money lender and what defines a private lender? The way that I look at this is there's actually three roles that your clientele can access capital. One is a hard money lender, which is a big, big business. Uh, Typically they're going to be nationwide. Um, You're probably going to see them like patch of land, a RCN capital, um uh, there there's a handful of others out there that lend nationwide um they are big businesses and what they are doing is some of them may have their own internal source of capital such as a a, a mortgage fund or something like that. but even then their mortgage fund may be only you know a couple ten million dollars or a hundred million dollars. Which some of your clients may say, "Well, that's fantastic. I wish I had that." But you're you're thinking these guys are lending nationwide, so they'll go, they'll burn through hundred million dollars in a few months. So what they're doing is they're making the loan to your investors. And let's say they make a loan to you, me, and several of your investors on the platform in the month, uh, in this month. What they're going to then do is take those loans. They're going to package them up into what we know as MBSs or mortgage-backed securities, and then they're going to sell them on Wall Street. Uh, so that's that is a typical hard money lending business. I, that's what they're doing, and Wall Street has really developed an appetite for investor-friendly loans, uh, loans that are interest only for a short time. Uh, And and so the Wall Street realizes that this is a great way to reduce risk to market exposure, which we might be able to dive into later, as well as it's just it's it makes more financial sense because they can turn their money more often. So that's a hard money lender. And that's sort of what describes a hard money lender. Let's go to the other side of the spectrum. What is being taught in the gurus and the seminars, uh, what you hear tossed around in a lot of uh, social media uh, groups is that a a new investor should go out and find a private lender. Now, when they say private lender, this is what they mean. They are talking about somebody who you personally know, family and friends, you're going to hear that term used a lot. And then they're going to, somebody that's got the money. So maybe a wealthy uncle, a wealthy aunt, you know, they they have money that they're sitting on. They don't know what to do with it. So that indicates that the person that the new investor, the new real estate investor should be targeting is someone who has no idea about real estate. They don't know what to do with their money. They're unsatisfied with the stock market. They're unsatisfied with the savings returns, yada, yada, yada. So then the gurus, the coaches, the, the Facebook, Groups are then educating these new investors to the, then go and say, hey, loan me the money and I'll give you a decent return. And so they, that's why they call them private lenders. And that's not what a private lender is, that's what I would call private. Capital private money OPM, it is somebody who has no idea about the real estate space, and and they 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 invest. It's it's through a loan. So the methodology to get that money into your real estate investor's hands is through a loan. But they are actually investing in the trust and the faith that that capital partner has with your clientele. Uh, with those real estate investors and they're saying, okay, I'm going to loan you the money based on trust. So that's but they have no idea about the real estate at all about real estate lending or real estate investing. So that's what I would call private capital, uh, OPM, um, private money, but it's not a private lender. and this is where I find myself is as a private lender private lender is someone who's I'm running a business. I'm doing this as a source of income as well as an investment. So it's twofold for me. I actually lend out my money and when I loan out the money, I'm what they call in the banking side, I'm what they call a portfolio lender, meaning when I make you a loan Chris, I'm going to hold that loan, I'm going to service that loan when you make your payments, you're paying me. And then at the end of the year, I'm giving you any type of tax returns that are needed for as a real estate investor that's borrowing capital and paying interest. That is a private lender. I'm not packaging my loans up to sell them on Wall Street. I have done that in the past. And quite frankly, when you do that, you are no longer the underwriter. You're no longer the decision maker. And there were so many loans that I personally would have done. But because I started down the path of, okay, I'm going to sell, I'm going to create this note and then I'm going to sell it on Wall Street. And then Wall Street comes back and they say, well, we need a credit report. I don't pull credit report. I'm I'm an asset-based lender. That means I look at the asset. I look at that hard, tangible asset and, say, and I tell myself or ask myself, does this make sense? Um, I'm not, I don't care about credit. And so that's the one thing wall street wants is they want to pull a credit score. So I tell anybody, if you're having a hard problem or a hard time deciphering all these terms and what people call themselves, if someone is asking for your credit report, I don't care if they have on every single webpage on every single post on Facebook that they are a private lender, if they're asking for your credit report, it's because they are packaging that loan up with a bunch of others, and they're selling it on Wall Street. At the end of the day, they have no say over, uh, you know, if you run into a hard a hard issue in your project and this has happened before uh real estate investors you know they get overextended something happens in the family a gc dies suddenly in a in a car accident but i can i can count on one hand how many times that's happened in 8 years it's not an uncommon thing where something tragically happens and the real estate investor needs to work with the lender when that case they talk to me, and I'm the yeah. one because I hold their paper. Like I'm servicing that loan, and if there's any workout, hey, I'm I'm the I'm the guy that makes the decision. When they're borrowing money from Patch of Land, from uh, Kajavi, from RCN, from all these big companies, something like that happens. Nope, you have to stick to the terms. You either pay us back on this time, or we're foreclosing. I mean, that's yeah. there is no workaround. And so that's a big thing. Two big things that I would tell any real estate investor is, are they asking for credit? They're not a private lender. And then also who is servicing your loan? Ask that to the lender. When this loan is made, who will be servicing the loan? If the investor says, well, I don't know, or the lender says, I don't know, or uh, we'll figure that out when it when we close the loan, I guarantee you that whoever you're borrowing the money from that company, they are not servicing that loan. They're selling that loan to, to Wall Street.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um so now this show is really to kind of help those, you know, getting started, kind of figure all this stuff out, figure out what they need to do. So, what's some advice that you could give to those that are just getting started uh, on how they could secure financing for mm-hmm. their first investment property? They've they get done no deals, no experience in the, the the market. What's some good advice that they could use uh, to get that first loan?
2: So let's go and let's keep in line with let's talk about hard money lenders and then private lenders. Yeah. And within the hard money lenders, I'm going to I'm going to group or put in together uh, big banks or financial institutions. Okay. So some of your investors may say, you know what, I'm, I just want to like you did, Chris. I'm going to go after a bank. I want to get a bank on board to help me uh, do the loan. And I will say that if you're going to have the option between going with a bank or go with a hard money lender because you you have great credit and you've got, you know, all your financials make sense to where a bank is going to go for a bank, build that relationship with the local uh, bank or a regional bank or a community yeah. bank or a credit union, like you had mentioned last time. Um, that's who you're going to want to build a relationship with because they have that private lender mindset to where, well, we will work with you to help get done. And when there's an issue, we'll work with you through that. Hard, yeah. mon- hard money lenders do not. So again, if you're going to, if you're trying to leverage your good credit and your financial history, then go for a local relationship-based lender, like a credit union or a local bank. Don't go for the hard money lender. And then we're going to talk about, okay, this lends through a private lender. So what can you do to set yourself up for success as a new investor, having no experience whatsoever? I would also, I personally qualify anyone with less than five deals under their belt within two years to me, they don't have any experience. Now, they would argue with me till they're blue in the face <laughs> that I have experience. I've done several projects. And even I've had clients say, well, I've done like 15 projects, but that was like five years ago. The thing is that this industry changes so fast. Now, it's not the fact that you yeah. don't know, you don't like your experience just disappears. It's the fact that Who you're going to use in five years from now probably won't even be in business anymore, or they will have grown to a point where they're no longer going to be willing to do one or two flips with you. Like those professionals that are professional and they're good at their job, they're in extremely high demand. And so when you find somebody that's a good contractor, good roofer, good plumber, good electrician, and they're solid and they're committed to their business, they're going to grow (laughs) to where they need more business than probably what the smaller investor is going to be able to provide the, um, so those, these two dichotomies of whether hard money or a private, uh, private money, it's really going to depend on the approach that your real estate investors want to take when it comes to applying, if they're going to use their credit then my suggestion and they're going to use their financials and hey, I've got all this, you know, my financials look great, then go for a local bank. That's who you're going to want to go for. And if that's your route, then you're going to want to focus to maintain a low utilization rates of your credit. So if you've got credit cards and lines of credit, you want to keep those utilization rates below 50% going into your loan. Uh, Also try to keep that utilization below 50% throughout the duration. And I know that's hard. Uh, You're probably going to go over 50% unless you have a quite a few lines of credit and credit cards which if that's somebody's angle like that's what they want to go for then i would suggest that they need to be opening up personal and business lines of credit as soon as possible open up multiple uh, lines of credit as well as get multiple credit cards because what you don't want to do is overutilize a credit card overutilization will dramatically negatively affect your credit than than keeping everything at 50% or below if you keep it at 50% or below that utilization and then every month you're able to pay it off or you're able to pay off big chunks that's going to benefit your credit better than anything else and i would say that even if someone wants to go with the private lender still focus on that like build your credit because ultimately that's where you want to get to where you can access bank financing for your fix and flips because let's be honest it's the cheapest Money. money out there the only thing that the bank is not going to be able to do is act fast for you yes. so the banks will not be able to close your loan in two weeks that's not going to happen um so if that's what your goal is then go for the private lender on the private lender side i can only speak for myself so i would encourage any of your subscribers any of the uh, students using re that they should be looking out. Number one, building relationships with a local private lender. Where do you meet those guys? You don't meet them on Facebook. Um, if you go to my uh, my company's website or company's website and my Facebook, uh, Blue Bay Capital FL. That's our Facebook uh, 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 whatever the the name of our Facebook page. I've put out several education on how to spot a scam lender. Uh, you, you want to make sure that you're dealing with somebody who's legitimate private lenders. Uh, and let me go back. I, when I do private lenders with the little air quotes, I'm actually talking about private money. What we discussed earlier, like private capital, private money, like un, uneducated people that don't know what they're doing in real estate, but they have the money. Yeah. If that's who you're going after is those private lenders, you will not find those people on Facebook advertising. Hey, I'm sitting on three hundred thousand dollars. I don't know what to do with it. Some real estate investor come and tell me what to how to put my money to work. It's a good that way to lose does not happen <laughs> <laughs> that does not happen, but I yeah. I see it all the time. That's people are out I'm looking for a private lender and I introduce myself like, oh well, I, i'm I'm not looking for someone like you. I'm like, well, you will not find who you're looking for, because those people are not sitting on Facebook saying, I have money, I don't know what to do with. So uh, they need to be going to their local real estate clubs uh, that get involved with their local business of commerce, uh, chambers of commerce, uh, get involved with your clubs, uh, social um, give back entities. And in that, in those venues, you will meet the people who have money that don't really know what to do with it, possibly, and they're interested in loaning you capital. So if you're looking for those type of private lenders, then that's where you can go. Or you can go and do just do a search for private lenders, type it in Google, private lenders, or even hard money lenders. And when you're talking to the investor, because you're going to have hard money lenders, call themselves private lenders. And you may even have private lenders call themselves hard money lenders simply for the Google uh, for the SEO, cap- that's what we have to do. Yeah. So if we're going to market ourselves on for SEO, we have to call, and I have to have on my website, hard money lender, Florida hard money. And it's because that's what Google recognizes. They don't yeah. recognize private lender. So on my website, it says hard money. But in reality, I'm not a hard money lender. I'm a private lender because I'm lending my personal capital as well as some uh, pretty wealthy in- individuals that trust me. I service the loan. I underwrite the loan. At the end of the day, I say, yes, I'm going to do this loan or no, I'm not going to do this loan. So uh, you can do, your investors can do a research to find those private lenders in those mediums. If they don't have the experience, there's two things that they're going to need. They're going to need money to bring to the table. Uh, I That's just an, an, an enormous amount of risk. I'm going to want to know that they have something to lose and it's going to hurt if they walk away from that project. Too many times, real estate investors will say, well, I've got a great deal. It's got lots of equity, but equity doesn't pay the bills. And quite frankly, if something happens to you as a real estate investor and you start saying, oh, man, am I going to put bread on the table or am I going to finish my project and and put money towards this project that I don't know when I'm going to be complete? I guarantee you bread on the table for the family comes first. And so equity doesn't pay put bread on the table. And so, when real estate investor comes to me and says, "I don't have any capital, but I've got a great deal. It's got lots of equity." I'm sorry that that that's not going to do it. Like they if they don't have any experience at all, then they've got to have capital. And there are several ways they can access capital, but they have to have capital. The second thing, if they don't have experience, they absolutely have to show me proof that they have a team that they're working with, whether it's a contractor, a real estate agent. like these are just your basic team members that they should have. To show me that they've done the research, they've they they are in they are intent on building a business. They're not just going out and doing something. Oh, I'm just going to go out and do this on the weekends. No, 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 no. I want to deal with professionals, so they can show me that they've got a licensed contractor who is excellent and they've got a great track record and a history and I'm gonna do my research on that contractor. They can tell me that, hey, this is the real estate agent that I'm working with exclusively. I mean, these are all power players on a real estate investors team that especially as a new real estate investor, they should be focused on identifying because that's gonna to prove to me this person is in it for the long run. They are, they're in it to make it. They're not, this isn't a fly by the night or just a, Hey, they went to a three day seminar and, and they're motivated. And then two, two weeks later, they're going to be like all depressed and not, not yeah. doing anything. Uh,
1: I didn't, I didn't find a, a property after I called 10 people. What am I going to do?
3: Um, <laughs> are you tired of switching between multiple platforms to manage your real estate investments? Say goodbye to the hassle and hello to Ari. Our end-to-end real estate investment platform streamlines the investment process, providing everything you need to save time, make money, and achieve financial freedom. From property sourcing to financing, our platform offers a one-stop shop for all your investment needs. With our bookkeeping features, you can accurately track your transactions, generate P&L statements for tax reporting, and stay on top of your investments with ease. Plus, our scalable SOPs help you maintain consistency and quality across all your investments, maximizing their value and profitability. Invest with confidence, invest with Ari. Visit our website today to get started for free at www.ari.io. That's A-R-E-I-I.io.
1: What about... Uh, so... It's talking about how you know the the economy changes very very rapidly, the ecosystem mm-hmm. of being a real estate investor changes rapidly. We're coming up on some times right now, or the next six months, the next year, they're looking very differently than what the last two years, last three years have. So, what are lenders, um, and we can talk about hard money and also private lenders? Uh, what are they going to be looking for in a deal or an investor? in the coming months to qualify compared to what they were, you know, just six months ago.
2: Right. So that's an excellent question. Again, I can speak pretty intelligently on the uh, private lender side, my role, as far as hard money and institutional, again, it's going to number one, always be credit focused. You know, if if you're getting a loan from a hard money or an institution institution, be, meaning a bank credit union, something like that. Uh, it is going to be focused on your credit score. And matter of fact, as things, as the Fed continues to raise interest rates and restrict bank to bank lending or access for your local small banks to have access to the Fed's reserve of capital, which is ridiculous because there is no reserve. They just print off whatever money they want, but that's a different uh, topic for a different day. what they're going to want to do is know uh, going into that, that if their their credit score minimums are going to start increasing. So right now, I believe like you've got some hard money lenders that are as low as like 660, 620, 640 to, to do a loan. You're going to start seeing that creep back up to 680, 700 minimum, which is going to be like crazy. Like people are going to think, what in the world that's unbelievable? But that's the route that these hard money lenders are going to start to go as well as the banks. Now, it's not to say that they won't do sub, 680 700 but it's going to cost you quite a bit. As well as we have already seen hard money rates. So I, I don't know if any of your clients or students were uh, in the real estate business or they were looking at getting a loan back in January or February of this year. But just as recent as January or February of 2022, uh, rates were as low as six to 7% for fix and flip. And they were up as high as ninety percent on the purchase. Now, ninety percent on the purchase probably wouldn't get you seventy or seven percent interest rate. It was probably going to be closer to eight or nine. But still, that's sub double digits. That single digit interest rates annualized for a fix and flip loan. And they were going as high as ninety percent on the purchase and one hundred percent of the renovation. I mean, that's a. That was for for the hard money for the real estate lending, real estate investor lending space. That was the equivalent of what happened with the big banks back in 2000 and 2008 and six. Like those are just that's super high risk for a lender. And yet that's what was common. So what what they're going to see now is those loan to values are going to start coming down pretty, pretty significantly. I've already started to see a lot of hard money lenders starting to adjust how much they will lend on the purchase. We're now seeing between 70 and 80%, which is typical range. That may go lower than 70%, or actually it may go lower than 80% on the purchase price, which would then be start, get a little bit more restrictive. Um, on the renovation, I believe you're still able to get 100% financing on the renovation, but here's here's gonna be the shift. It's going to start going from a loan to value to a loan to cost calculation. And they are two different calculation yeah. methodologies. And investors that are very used to a loan to value calculation, they're going to have to adjust to not, not understanding why when they see a 80% and people's lender rates, hey, 80% max LTC. And what they, what they see or what they read and understand is LTV. Yeah. And then when they go to put it in the loan, the lender is like, well, you have to bring like 30% down payment. What 30 use it was 80% LTV. And they're like, no, that was or 80% LTV. No, that was 80% loan to cost. And so there is vastly, and that's a that's a whole different conversation. Matter of fact, I'm I'm putting out a, a YouTube video here within the next month discussing loan to value versus loan to loan to cost calculations because real estate investors need to be aware that those are going to dramatically affect. Yeah you know, capital that they have to bring to the table. So there are some changes definitely coming. Um, You're going to see higher uh, credit score requirements. You're going to see higher down payments. Uh, You're going to see longer um, uh, reserve requirements. So right now, like reserve requirements might be three to six months. You're going to probably start seeing that creep up to six to nine months of reserves. Um, And then of course, interest rates are going to increase. So there's uh, things are going to look a lot different in the coming quarters uh, compared to what they were just a year ago and, and even yeah. longer than that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So one final question. So. Looking at running the numbers on these, uh, so Ari is a, you know, first and foremost, kind of like a calculator for analyzing these deals, right? Um, That's step number one when you're using it. So what are some of the numbers that we should be using in our calculations over the next six to 12 months as we analyze new deals? You know, we're we're going in, what are the rates, what are points that we should be putting in? And these would be, you know, like estimates, because obviously this is we're doing this before we ever send it to a banker or, yeah. or a lender or anything. So like, what are some good ranges that we can use for our calculations?
2: Excellent question. I would say this is the first thing that any real estate investor needs to do. If they're using RA to do, perform their calculations, that's fantastic. Everybody needs to have a some type of platform that they're running their deals through. Identify who your lender is going to be. That's the first step because every lender is going to be different. Uh, whether it's the point structure or the interest rate or uh, the cost closing costs. I mean, it is, it is like night and day comparing apples to watermelons, the differences between every, and even though in the hard money space, everything's going to be different. Um, So my first suggestion is if you're going to go for a bank or a local bank, build that relationship and then come to find out, Hey, this is what they're generally going to require. If it's going to be with a private lender contact that private lender like i would like to establish a relationship if it's a hard money lender you don't need to establish a relationship it's just hey send me your rates and terms and they probably have it on a now. so they need to identify who their lender is going to be because that identification will help help set in their mind hey this is what i need to start looking for uh to plug into re to help me determine well does this deal make sense with this uh financing structure in place yeah. as far as what they should generally start using for calculations I would say that I would suggest uh, for a real estate investor, go worst case scenario, because if you get better rates and terms, then the deal even makes more sense, right? Yeah. So worst case scenario, I would suggest uh, 12% is always an industry standard. Put in 12%. If you want to be extra cautious, do 125 half or 13%. That's simply going to be where the rates are going, we've already started to see rates increase from seven to 9%, like they were just eight months ago, they're already to 10.99 to 11.99%. So and my estimation, especially if the Fed raises rates again this month in September of 22, uh, you're going to see those rates increase from 11.99 to or 10.99 to 11.99, it will increase to 11.99 to 13.99. So that's that's my projection on where the rates are going to go if the Fed continues to bump the inter, uh, bank-to-bank lending prime rate up. Uh, points. I would go ahead and put in either two and a half to three points uh, for the cost to the lender uh, to borrow their capital, whether that's hard money or private money. Now, all of this does not affect OPM or private lenders. Remember the air quotes. So private lenders, that's the benefit of meeting those people because they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, or, or how to like structure the return. They're probably just looking for something better than a savings account or better than what the stock market's been giving. Um, you, as the real estate investor, have the benefit to sort of structure that deal however best suits you. Uh, there, That's a whole different conversation. I'm actually yeah. against that with new investors. I think new investors, number one, they need to have somebody that's experienced in their corner to help them look at a deal, specifically the person that's loaning their money. Because what they don't want to do is get their uncle, their aunts, their cousins to loan them money on a deal, and then that deal goes south. And I'm yeah. telling you the chances of a new deal for a new investor going south are extraordinarily higher than anyone else. And if you've got family and friends that you've got a long-term relationship built with them and then you lose their investment money, I'm telling you that is not a comfortable experience or a comfortable talk to go and have. So pay, pay to have that extra security of having somebody who's loaning you money but they know what they're doing. And they're they're looking at the market, they're keeping tabs in the market. Um, and, and and that's just going to keep your investors. Yes, it's going to cost a little bit more, but it's going to give them the experience to where then they can go and the confidence to go to that true private capital and access their money. One other thing, Chris, real quick, yeah. um, what they're going to want to do as far as estimating value. So the whole space on fix and flip is, okay, the property value today is right here. In six months, when I fix it up, the property value is going to be right here. What we're and and that's based on what they're doing is they're looking back a month, three months, and looking at where where the the average price of appreciation is happening in the market uh, as far as the percentage wise. they're applying yeah. it to theirs. and then they're saying, okay, this is where this is where I can be at. they what they need to start doing is, based on today's market, um, where they're seeing the prices go for new homes or, or freshly renovated. And they're saying, okay, in six months, my property is going to be like that freshly and newly renovated. And based on, you know, percentage rate of change, it's going to be this value. Go ahead and estimate that and then knock off 10%. Wow. Okay. 10% like that yeah. should be your goal. And, and if the numbers then make sense after knocking off, knocking off 10%, then, as far, and I can only speak in the state of Florida, as far as in the state of Florida, you're going to be in really solid position. The likelihood that you're actually going to have a 10% decrease in prices depends on location. I'm going to say right now, Orlando, Tampa, uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, those, especially if they're flipping condos, which I am completely against. I don't think a real estate investor should be flipping a condo, at least especially a new real estate investor. Experienced real estate investors, okay. But new real estate investors, stay away from high rises, stay away from condos. If you're going to do a condo or a townhouse, do it you know where it's a single or a double story strip, yeah. um, stay away from the high rises. And you're going to see in those. Three cities, maybe Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's got a lot. They still got a lot of room to grow. I think Jacksonville is going to do really well, uh, Pensacola and Tallahassee. So the panhandle, that northern Florida market, I think is going to do really well. Uh, Central Florida, South Florida, you're going to start seeing some price uh, corrections. I won't say it a crash, but price corrections. And I, I would be safe to assume 10% price corrections, maybe more, but at least 10% within the next three to six months. And that should be continually like your investors should continually be keeping track of the market to see how long are the days on market? What's the average price reduction, because that's going to give you and, and then amplify that for the coming quarters because it's only yeah. going to get worse. And this is going to apply probably for the next year, two years. We're going to see this happening. So yeah, those absolutely. are my thoughts.
1: No, that that's great. I like that tip. Um, you know, estimate, a or B like normal with appreciation and everything. Yep. And then just whatever you come to take off 10%. And off
2: that top, very I well could change, crazy. you know, in next quarter, especially after September, um, I might say, hey, you you might want to keep your investors closer to 15% knocking off. Um, yeah. and, and then as, you know, as the market starts to level out, obviously then they're not going to still continue to take off 15 or 10%. They're just, okay, this is where the new normal is at. So then this is where the ARVs are going to be at. So um, Chris, everybody knows this, but I have to reiterate it. You make your money when you buy, Mm -hmm. you realize your profits when you sell, but you make your money when you buy. And, And, and especially in a, in a adjusting market, a downward adjusting market, you're not even guaranteed to make your money when you buy. Uh, you're guaranteed to realize whatever money profit or loss that you've you've earned during that time frame. But your investors need to be extremely, extremely hard nosed when it comes to negotiating those purchase prices. I mean, get the deal. If you can't get the deal, walk past. Believe me, it's not worth your financial future. Just to say that you've got a deal, uh, yeah, it's not yeah. worth it.
1: Yep, absolutely. So cool! I think that's uh, about it for this call. Um, thanks so much for you know hopping on. Um, I'm looking forward to doing these. Uh, we're getting some of our other partners onboarded and, and doing some of these with. Uh, we got a CPA cool. who we're going to start doing this with, and a couple other really knowledgeable people. That this is going to be something I think really good for users, especially with how the market is changing in you know, the last two or thirty years. General knowledge was general knowledge, but I think we need to start a- addressing what general yeah. knowledge is for the space uh, for right. the coming environmental change. So cool. Well, thanks again for, for hopping on and uh, yeah, looking forward to next time.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Chris. Look forward to it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the top investor podcast. If you are a real estate investor, we want to connect with you. Like our favorite quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson says, Every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that I learn from him. We believe we can learn something from everyone, so even if you are just starting out on your real estate investing journey, head over to the link in the description to connect with us, and we would love to hop on a call with you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show and follow us on the socials, at Top Investor Pod. While you're at it, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review so we can help more people become top investors. Until next time, this is Chris Marshall signing off. Go out and become a top investor. See you around.